Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. Hey, everybody. It's another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show with your host, I'm Bark, and to my right is Nit. It's just me. It's just, just Nit. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. No, I'm the dead. He never really was. His wide receiver ranking suck. <laughs> From one to twenty. All right. Oh, hey, hey guys, I, I don't, I don't appreciate you saying that wide receivers suck. Dude, arms, man. It's been so long. Was it's so been so long since he's been absent? I, it's it's kind of weird not having him here to bash on a little bit, but you know we'll we'll, we'll get by. We'll get by. I We've mean, done an, an arms episode before. Out of an hour and fifteen minute long show, forty five minutes is arm bashing. Yeah, like it's gonna be a tough time filler. I'm not gonna lie. It's going to be a good time filler, in my opinion. But we got some great stuff. Some hot takes, and it's time to kick off IDP. You done with IDP? You know me, man. You done with IDP? It's time. This is what what gets my blood boiling. Yeah. Dude, our IDP episodes are the big ones. The most downloaded. The, 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 The top of Space Mountain. That's what the IDP episode is. It's cream of the crop, bro. Oh, yeah. It is cream of the crop. Not saying. Not saying. Yeah, I am going to say. This is our say thing. Say it. This Just is our it. thing. This is, this, is our, this is our niche. It this is. is. This is this is what I love, man. So This is why we play the game. If, if, we, uh, if there was no such thing as IDP, we may not play. I wouldn't. Someone hit me up. Someone hit me up on the Twitter box, the Twitter sphere. I don't even get on Twitter all that much. You guys know me. Oh my God. Will you? Will you get in this dynasty startup? I I said maybe. Was what's what's it about? Well, I said maybe. Well, it's keeper league, obviously. Yeah. No IDP. I said uh. Uh-uh. No. I'm out. Hard pass, bro. Hard pass. Give me the IDP leagues. Hard I want, pass. I, I need it. I need this information in my life. It just makes it way more interesting. Absolutely. And that's, uh, you know, that's why we're here. The whole show started because I couldn't find an IDP show I liked. And I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell the Arms, shut up, bro. Dude. This is my time. I didn't hear an IDP show I liked. Well, but talk- no, shut it up, bro. Calm. calm. Calm, chill it out. So I made a show. You you did. You made a show. You like hook line sinkered me into it, reeled me in. Took a few episodes. I mean, I'm a big catch. But it's <laughs> very true. All six foot what? Five? All six Four? foot that's a big fish. That's a big fish that's you call it, bro. A real big fish. <laughs> a real big fish. But we're gonna bring you defensive ends 
And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, our tight end episode with our fill-in Jeremy Lambert, uh, part-time producer of the show. That dude, for real, had that, that guy prepped more than I have in the last three months just for his tight, just for his top five tight ends. If uh, his it, tight what? His tight end. Jeremy Lambo, as I like to call him, he put some effort into those top ten tight ends. Not gonna lie, if you haven't listened to that episode, you need to go back, download it, listen to it, and just go through his top ten. I know he put some effort into it, and uh, hey, I trust him because he can't draft a wide receiver worth a crap, man. No, no, but he, that dude knows his tight ends. Hopefully, Kenny Galladay blows up because the dude <laughs> held on to Galladay. I mean, he got offered everything from Antonio Brown to Calvin Johnson to Jerry Rice, yeah, and he still turned down all offers and said. I'm sticking with Galladay. I like my Kenny the Snake Galladay. That guy doesn't know a wide receiver. Yeah, I love me some Kenny the Snake as well. But I, I don't have an analogy for how far he all is off on uh, wide receiver. But that guy knows his tight ends, and, and I know you need to go back download that episode right after you listen to the kickoff, the kickoff of the IDP defensive line. Absolutely, but. We digress. Listen to that episode. We it's a good one. Let's uh we've got quite a bit of things to to do without arms. I mean, he's here in spirit, as you'll hear, because he'll give you his top ten defensive ends right after us. Oh yeah. Uh, 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 Thanks, guys. Don't leave me completely out of the episode. It's cool, arms. Just enjoy yourself in Florida. We'll we'll keep calling you and you can speak. When we call you, otherwise... Speak when spoken to, basically. Yeah, exactly. Shut up and know your role. <laughs> Speak. <laughs> Jabroni. Speak when you're summoned. Absolutely. Nick, let's kick it off. Dude, you want to kick it off? Let's dive right in, and it's going to be an easy back and forth until arms. Be. And then we'll ask arms after each pick, but <laughs> do you have your number one ready? This is defensive end or defensive tackle, D-lineman predictions, one through ten, how we think they'll finish in 2018. Oh, I love IDP. Again, this is it's kind of tough to prepare this. It, it has been my top 10 quarterbacks, re- receivers, running backs, tight ends it, cuz it's not how you draft them. We're just saying we're just going 2018 projections. You know, if you're in a dynasty league, uh you got to take age into concern. But if you're in a redraft, hey, take this for, hey, take this verbatim. Go ahead. But my number verbatim. 1, I hope I hope it's not your number one, but I'm going Joey Bosa. I love Joey Bosa. Out there in L.A., you, you're pairing with a Melvin Ingram, and that to me that's the best D-line, at least the best defensive outside rushers you'll have in the league, true defensive ends. But it, Joey Bosa is just on another level. He's unquestionably a top three, but this year, I think that team's good enough to where they're getting ahead in games. Phillip Rivers is throwing the ball around the field. They're getting ahead in games. Joe Bosa gets to put his one hand in the ground and then take off, get after the quarterback whenever they're up by a couple touchdowns. He's going to reel in some sacks, man. Uh, This guy is relentless. If there's one word I want to pair with my number one defensive end, it's relentless. I mean, you have to have that motor. you got to get after the quarterback. But he'll even kick in. We all know he contributes – to the run, the run stopping game. He'll kick in his tackles, but I think he gets after it even more than he has in the past. 
after getting after the quarterback, getting those sacks, baby. No arguments here. Joey Bosa is my number one, and it's not close for me. Yeah, if if the time comes and a D, a D lineman's to come off the board, it should be Joey Bosa. There's something to be said for third-year breakouts, not just with wide receivers, but also with defensive ends. Can't say that Joey Bosa is going to be a breakout because the dude broke out from the time he touched the field. Never been a bust. Never ne- been a bust. Never even showed a glimpse of being a bust. I mean, as soon as he ended his holdout, as soon as he got on the field and was like, it's time to go, he's gone. I mean, the, guy, the guy's been absolutely relentless. A production monster at the defensive end position since he stepped on the field. Double-digit sacks both of his first two years. That's, again, I'm going to say it every episode. As Wu-Tang Clan says, that ain't nothing to F with. No. Joey Bosa's a bad man. In his two in his two years in the league, he's had two bad games. And, and defensive ends can have bad games. That's what's, that's what's great. You're looking for boom out of him. And he's giving you a heck of a lot more boom than he is bust. I mean, you look at his rookie year, he holds out through through preseason, he holds out through the first four games of the year, ends up playing 12 games, still gets to that double-digit sack mark that you talked about. And and then year two, he just comes in 53 tackles. He's putting out, up outside linebacker tackle numbers, still getting to the quarterback. I mean, the guy, it, the, the guy has a motor I've never seen before. And it hurts me because I'm uh, admittedly an Ohio State hater. I'll go on the record. I'm an Ohio State hater. I don't fuck that little stout. But talent knows talent. Arms, shut it up, bro. Calm down. Chill. Calm down. Hey, this this guy's got to be your number one true defensive end. You know he's going to be there. I mean, I like Joey Bosa. I love Joey Bosa. You got to go out and draft Joey. But if you're the first guy in your fantasy draft to go, or, or, or if you're trading for a defensive end, trying to make a big move for a trade for a defensive end, your target has to be Joey Bosa. I mean, there, hey, I, there are some other guys, but he's my guy that's going to get it done year in, year out for like 8, 10, 12 years down the road. And let's not forget, the linebacker core is a little shoddy in San Diego. There's a lot of guys that we've liked over the past couple years none of them have particularly broke out and i think the that denzel leads, perryman the denzel perryman uh you know there's there's so many they keep guys. rotating injuries Teo was there and and there's just so many guys that are supposed to be good that don't completely pan out and i think that means more tackle opportunities for joey bosa uh, joey bosa is the kind of guy that can recognize uh, that a run play got to the second level, and he's the kind of guy that can drop back, fill the gap, and tackle somebody. He's yeah. that good. He'll chase. He'll chase a play down to the the real wide side of the field if he absolutely has to. If it means getting a, getting a tackle. And let's not let's backtrack again. He has Melvin Melvin Ingram on the on the reverse side, on the opposite side from Melvin Ingram can draw double teams off of the line of scrimmage, he'll draw attention to himself and leave Joey Bosa one-on-one with a tackle, and that is scary. That's that's a win every time. I don't care what tackle it is in the league. They're not going to be able to fend off Joey Bosa for 50-plus plays every game. I mean, you should expect one sack per game every game moving forward in his career just because of the pairing with with Melvin Ingram. I mean I mean that helps him. That helps him. They help each other, but Joey Bosa is the superior talent. 
He is, and I think we're in agreement. Joey Bosa is number one. Here's where it starts to get questionable because there's so many guys that are good but maybe aged or maybe, you know, not had the consistency of a Joey Bosa. Didn't open it up with two years of, of double-digit sacks. Who Who's number two in Nits? But it, to me, I, I love the lead-in that is Joey Bosa above the rest. But I got to return to the 2016 Defensive Player of the Year, man. Khalil Mack is returning to the defensive line in most fantasy league formats, and it is hard, extremely hard to ignore the production that he puts out, both in the tackle game, in the in the pat, in the run game, and in the in the uh, getting after the quarterback game. I mean, last year he finishes with 61 tackles, 10 and a half sacks. If he would have been a defensive end last year, I mean, we're talking about top five guy all day long. So to me, it's contract year. We all know what's going on right now. He's going to hold out to the end of time for that contract because he deserves it. His low point in his four-year career is 54 tackles out of the defensive end position. Now, the four sacks his rookie year was a little low. He still had the tackle numbers, but the guy has averaged 12 sacks a season over the last three years. No reason, absolutely no reason to believe that Khalil Mack isn't going to get to that double-digit sack number, kick in 45-plus, and 45 would be as low, 45 plus tackles in 2018 this guy's number two and i'm putting them up on a pedestal by themselves i love me some cool mac i love me some joey bosa and i wouldn't hate you if you took mac over bosa but hey dude i, I love Khalil mac in 2018 well this is going to be a boring start to the show well let's talk about him a little more Khalil mac is also my number two uh, oh, now, who's my number one? Arms, we know. We'll get to yours. Raider, keep your Raiders to yourself, man. Raiders, keep your Raiders love to yourself. But Khalil Mack is still young, 27. Just turned it a handful of months ago. And this is another guy that has put up 15 sacks, 11 sacks, 10 and a half sacks in the past three years. Dude's on a roll. Has he put up his best season as a pro in the last two years? Arguably, no. His second season uh, was his best season as a pro. Is he capable of topping that? Yes. Khalil Mack is an absolute beast. And in my understanding, they're going to move Bruce Irvin uh, over to the other defensive end spot, which to me takes a little bit of pressure off of Mack, and I expect to see more stats out of Mack. And that is the in-depth analysis I love from our host, Jeremy Parker. Because when you pair a Bruce Urban with a Khalil Mack on a defensive line, just like Bosa and Ingram, you're deflecting some of the attention off of Khalil Mack, and that is scary. Absolutely scary. Again, Bruce Irvin, a lot of league formats, was a top 10 defensive end last year as a true defensive end. Also, then you add in the fact that they got, they got Gruden, someone who's going to demand excellence out of them. I think Gruden takes him to the next level just from a coaching standpoint, from a schematic standpoint. Schematics. This, this is I like schematics. schematics. When, it, when we're talking about defense in the NFL, I love schematics because that's what that's what wins. You have to have a schematically dominant defense along with an athletically uh, an athletically dominant defense, and that's what the Raiders have on the defensive line. I I I love 
the prospects of Khalil Mack outdoing outdoing a 2015, outdoing a 2016 when he was the defensive player of the year. I think this guy is going to challenge Bosa. Again, these two guys are up on the pedestal by themselves in my book. Love me some Khalil Mack. Mark him down for 50-plus tackles, double-digit sacks. He'll probably kick you in a couple interceptions. Why not? Very well could. Why not drop him back into coverage? Absolutely. And since you are the one that let us off, we're going right to you for number three, Nit. Well, I mean, I gotta travel. I'm not gonna stay on that. We've we've been in California. We've been in L. Dipped down in L.A. Came up to Oakland. We've not left. We haven't left. But I'm I'm coming down. I'm gonna go down to Dallas. Oh, thank God! Here we go. I'm going down to Dallas for my myself. I like Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, what he did last year as a true defensive end, a relentless quarterback getter. I think that continues into 2018. I don't think 2000, even though 2017 was a breakout for him, I don't think it was. I don't think it was something off off in the clouds by itself. I think he duplicates that. 2015 was great, hurt in 16. I think he duplicates his 2017. That offense, as sad as it is, as painful as it is to say, I don't think Dallas is going to be great on offense. I think they're going to need. The, defense, the defense to be on the field and to get stops. And I think DeMarcus Lawrence is a huge, huge part of that. The The skill set's there. 6'3", 265. Just a big dude coming off the edge. Has all the moves in the book. Can get to the quarterback. And he's playing. He's playing against an Eli Manning twice a year that he can get to. A Carson Wentz coming off a knee injury can get to. He's, he's playing against an Alex Smith. Very sackable Alex Smith. He's playing in the division six games against quarterbacks who he can get to. I like DeMarcus Lawrence to duplicate a 2017. I I like DeMarcus as well. The only thing I worry about right now is will he be on the field as of game one? I don't – It's questionable. It is is slightly questionable. He is a a little bit of a – I don't want to say a head case, but – his character is a little more worrisome than others. Uh, that's why with number three, I'm going with last year's number one, uh, Cameron Jordan. So Cameron Jordan put up a fantastic season last year, 13 sacks, 48 total tackles. It was his highest sack total ever. And uh, I'm a big believer that sometimes defensive ends hit their prime right before that age 30 mark, and they keep it up for a couple years after 30. Cameron Jordan, very consistent. Rarely did he not give you a sack last season. He gave you a sack more times than not. He gave you a couple multi-sack games, three actually. And he's just consistent. He's turned into a consistent player in the league. Not to mention, he may get some pressure relieved as well because there's a couple more uh, defensive ends down in New Orleans uh, that we really like. Nit, you really love one of them. Oh, yeah. Down in New Orleans? Yeah. You're talking about Alex Okafor. Alex Okafor. That's all I, I was going to counter you with the other guy. Their first-round draft pick is the reason why I got Cam Jordan down down a bit. Like, I'll, I'll go ahead and counter you a little bit. I'm not throwing Cam Jordan out of my top ten. No way. He's dead in the middle of it. But I, I like that they brought in Marcus Davenport in the first round. He's going to get into that rotation. I think they're finally the, – the Saints are finally – with enough talent on the defensive line where they can rotate guys. And that's going to hurt Cam Jordan's snap count. 
You got Alex Okafor. That's my dude. Alex Okafor, Okafor, I loved him from day one when he came over to New Orleans. They took him from an outside linebacker role into the offensive end, and the guy just gets after the quarterback but can also drop back into coverage. They can play a little like uh, a zone blitz and then drop Okafor off the back end. But also the, the, the presence of Marcus Davenport, who's having great camp. He's having a great camp. They have a rotation now in New Orleans, and that's what's scary to me of putting up a Cam Hayward, expecting him to duplicate in 2017. It's just because it's, it's talent. It's, it's nothing against Cam Jordan. It's just the talent in New Orleans it scares me a little. It, scare, it scares me there's, on Cam Jordan. There's little. good talent, but I mean – there's three of them, you know. Okafor, Okafor yeah. hasn't separated himself enough for them to spend a first round draft pick on Davenport. Yeah, Davenport is viewed as a bit of a project, so I think you're going to see a heavy rotation of Okafor and Davenport. But Cameron Jordan's not coming off the field, and if one of those two guys can step up and take some pressure off of Cameron Jordan, give that running mate to Cam Jordan. Absolutely, and Cameron Jordan could have another fantastic season. Uh, not exactly sure if he can go one. I think Bose is the clear-cut guy, but uh, I do believe he can be up near that plethora. That plethora. That tier. That that top tier. That top tier. It, it, there's nothing to say that Cam Jordan isn't going to duplicate it other than the talent on the line now rotating him in. So I, I can't hate the number one guy from 2017 in your top three. Don't hate to play. I hate the game. Hate a game, baby. Number, number four, Ned, who you got? Well, Dallas, I'm all about my number three. Shut, shut the front door arms. arms. He just named two Ohio State Buckeyes. Chill. All right. Dude, just chill out. You like, should be happy. Bo- Parker has Bosa and Cam Jordan. In his top three. Yeah, yeah just yeah. just sit back and be happy, yeah, okay? Yeah. Hang out. It's cool, it's cool. But Cameron Jordan played in California. Oh, that's the thing. See you, baby. Oh, okay. It, it happens. It's okay. We ha- we, I was trying to get to my other guy. We're keeping the tradition. <laughs> I was going Cam Hayward. My bad. We're my keep- bad. Oh, well, true. He's ho- he's definitely Ohio State, but we're keeping the uh, tradition of uh, drinking alive. We're having a couple while we're doing this. So, <laughs> we won't mess up numbers, we promise. So, I'm flip-flopping on my four. I, I, I went true defensive end in Bosa to Khalil Mack who flipped to to linebacker in a lot of fantasy formats last year back to Demarcus Lawrence true defensive end now I'm going to flip-flop back to an outside linebacker who's now who's who's pegged who's pegged as a as a defensive end this year and it's Chandler Jones over in Arizona man this guy's put up nothing but great numbers great tackle numbers because he does play a little outside linebacker coming back to the defensive line the guy is just average. He's average double-digit sacks, and he's average 30-plus tackles. The guy's productive when he's on the field. Again, I look when I'm talking about these top-tier guys, talking about the top five, I'm looking for production in the run game, production in the pass game, against the pass game. And Cam Jordan, is, or excuse me, Chandler Jones meets that expectation. Last year, 52 tackles, 16 sacks out of the linebacker position. But you put him on the defensive line, superior athlete absolutely superior athlete he's in that prime of his career the age 28 season 6'5 265 you gotta you gotta love Chandler Jones coming onto your defensive line in fantasy formats and IDP leagues man he is gonna be productive when he's on the field and let's say it there's not a ton of talent there's not a ton of talent on that Arizona line ever since Calais Campbell left no 
you had the Robert Indicamiche experiment. <laughs> Bust. I, I think I hit that name right. Yeah, I think so. I, you've had that experiment. They're they're not a bad defense. I love their safeties. They have some. They have drafted like a Hassan Reddick who can play multiple linebacker roles, but they need a guy to pressure the quarterback. Chandler Jones dropping him back on the line in a more consistent basis is going to get it done in Arizona. I don't expect that offense to be as bad as we think. I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-road offense, but that means you need a spike in your defense. you got to rely on your defense to get to the to the pass, and, and Chandler Jones is that guy. I believe in a half season of Bradford and a half season of Rosen myself. I think Arizona is going to be a little bit uh, undervalued as a team going forward. But my number four – uh, I'm I'm gonna stick two charges in my top four. I, I two knew two charges. <laughs> Melvin Ingram, never has he been in the top five. But I'm gonna go ahead and say it's gonna happen this season. Why? Because Bosa is gonna take the leap for one. Right. Two, he's 29. He just had his best season sack wise ever. His last three are 10, eight, and 10 and a half. And I think. The Melvin Ingram has finally got it all figured out to where he's going to be a top five defensive end. Again, linebackers are questionable. Melvin Ingram started out as a linebacker. Yes, he did. So he can drop back and make that tackle in the second level of coverage. I like Melvin Ingram. I think Joey Bosa is going to make it extremely easy on him to see nothing but one-on-ones every dang down of every dang Sunday. Melvin Ingram, he's my number four. If I could draft him and Bosa and just worry about bye weeks later, I'm doing it. That's not a bad strategy when you go in IDP. Just be be strong. Be strong for 12 out of the 13, 12 out of the 13 uh, yeah. weeks. Throw a couple scrubs in there on your bye week. Grab your grab your grab your bye week fillers when you need them. But Melvin Ingram, here I'll I'll go ahead and allude to it. I didn't put him in my top ten. Ah, oh, what the heck is wrong with you, Nick? He he's on the outside looking in, and I think it's because Joey Bosa takes the lead. But there's no and eleven through twenty episode. There is no. So I'll go ahead and throw I'm it around. I'm glad I mentioned him. He he's number eleven in my book. I just couldn't put two. I didn't want to put teammates in the top ten. Okay. And, well, I I don't believe he's going to be in the top ten. I'm not going to kill you because I think he's eleven. He's a he's a defensive end, defensive line one. Very much your prerogative. That's yeah. why we have the show. It's my prerogative. But Melvin Ingram, I mean, you're right. He's coming into his own. He's in that he's in that sweet spot for defensive ends where he's figured it out. He's not gone under forty not gone gone under forty tackles in the last three years, and he's hit those sack totals again. Part of the reason with this is because of how good the offense is going to be. I do think they're going to be good. I think Philip Rivers is going to come out with a vengeance. He's got a great running back in Melvin Gordon. Keenan Allen does Keenan Allen things. They'll figure out the other spots. They'll figure out the tight end. I think it's going to be a good offense. They, they're they going to get to need them to get to the quarterback, but I, I'm just dropping Melvin Ingram out of my top ten, just on the outside looking in. Talent's there expecting to be around that again not not gonna kill you not gonna kill you i think he's a defensive lineman one just at the back end of it fair enough give us five nit 
Give me five. Uh, uh, little, little five. Give me fuel. Give me five. Give me that much out of that. Dude. Ooh, All right. Yeah. All right. Oh, that made arms happy. He's smiling in Florida. Yeah, I named this guy's name on the la- on number four a little bit, and it's uh, it, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's my IDP veter- veteran. I've had him on every IDP team that I've owned. It's Calais Campbell. I I just love what he brings. He's a physical freak, man. The Calais Campbell is a tough dude to deal with. Whenever you're talking about a six eight three hundred pound human being lining up against you. In a 3-4, a 4-3, inside, outside, it doesn't matter. When you have a 6'8", 300-pound human being across from you, you shiver a little bit. That guy soaks. <laughs> he, he has done it for nearly 10 years, a full decade, of soaking up tackles, getting to the quarterback. And now, you again, his second year on the Jacksonville Jaguars, the, Jacks, the Saxonville Jaguars, this dude is going to be do what he's always done. Get after the quarterback. I hate to make that the thing, but that's what we're looking for in the defensive end. He's able to get after the quarterback, pressure him. Again, a six eight guy bearing down on you, it's hard to get rid of the football. A six eight guy taking up two blocks, he can shed those and get to the block area. This guy throws in tackles, he throws in sacks. That's why he was your number two last year. Fourteen and a half sacks, forty seven tackles. He is a rare specimen, even in the extremely athletic physical NFL that we see today you just don't see 68300 you just don't with the athleticism and the experience of a Calais Campbell that's why he was hands down I actually made my top 10 with him in my at number five couldn't drop him out of my number five due to age going into 31 that ain't old no that's not no. old for the defensive line he's got two to three maybe four years of great football in him he's a leader a winner on a great team go clay's campbell's there just get him he's my dude i couldn't agree with you more that's my dude man number five clay's campbell for me as well really yep he's 31 he's coming off a handful of great seasons uh he you know he went to jacksonville as a free agent and showed that free agent busts are not always a thing and i like clay's campbell i expect him to keep it up for at least a couple more years don't drop him out of your top five don't let him fall any further than the fifth guy off the board Roll with Calais Campbell. Enough said. Number six, Nick. Number six, man. I, I had some more Calais Campbell love, but I'll go number six. Oh, go ahead, spit it. No, no, no. He, I've already, I've really already said it. I just the fact that he soaks up tackles the way he does. He can play again. He can play inside. He can play outside. Like he he doesn't leave the field. For as far as talking about snap count on the defensive line, you love those guys that don't leave the field. Now he's not on the field a hundred percent of the time. But he is on the field enough. He he just warrants being in the lineup on first, second, third down. He can soak up. He can soak up the run game. He can get after the quarterback on third downs. Love the versatility of a six eight three hundred pound human being in Calais Campbell. Mm. Is it time for number six? Now? It's a big guy. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yo, wait your turn. Calm, calm down, arms. We'll let you call in at the end of the show, man. Hey, number six for me, Cam Jordan. How do I drop the top? I, I can't. I couldn't find a place to drop your number one defensive end from last year any further. He had to slide in there somewhere. Cam Jordan. I mean, again, there's some talent on that new New Orleans line. I think that offense. We all know what the Sean Payton offense is going to do. It's going to put up numbers. Cam Jordan's going to get after the quarterback. 
Cam Jordan's going to do what he did last year, maybe with a slight knock to his tackles and his sacks. You you take a few off of each, he ends up around number five, number six for me. He's knocking on the back door. All right, so six six for me. I'm going to throw this for a loop. This guy did not even finish in the top 20 last season. Please don't hit my number seven, bro. Maybe. I think you're going to hit me. Daniil Hunter? No. Okay. Daniil Hunter, Minnesota, defensive end. That's my number six. That's my dude. That's my, if you have already drafted your league and this is year two or beyond, this is my go out and get this guy. Guy. He <laughs> Go out and get this guy, guy. Go out and get this guy, guy. Hey, guy, go get this guy, guy. <laughs> okay, 12 and a half sacks in 2016. Going into 2017, you couldn't trade for this 22-year-old phenom from 16. I tried. It wasn't happening. I had a hard time trading for him last season when he had an off-season of only seven sacks. Guarantee the dude has more than seven sacks. You can bank. Take it to the Bark Bank. New thing for the show. Take it to the Bark Bank. Daniil Hunter, double-digit sacks, locked, loaded, come at me. You can at me on Twitter. Daniil Hunter, my number six. And uh, I I just think that Minnesota is in a position to succeed, and Daniil Hunter is going to be part of that success. I like their defense. I like some of the young guys on that defense having another year in the system. And I just like Daniil Hunter. I think last year was simply an aberration. I don't expect it to happen again. Pretend it's 2016. Go grab you some Daniil Hunter. Take it to the Bark Bank. You really don't want to say Danielle, right? Daniil. It's, it's Daniel. All right, it's spelled Danielle, but it's not. All right, it's it, it's spelled Danielle, yes, but it's Daniel. I like Daniel Hunter. I also like that offense, and this is the part of the show where I'll flip it a little bit on the offense, man. Kirk Cousins, Thaven, that it, it's hard not to like that offense. And whenever you pitch in that they're going to be throwing the ball around, getting up by a couple touchdowns, Daniel Hunter is going to have the chance to put his to get up on it, get around the edge, and get after a quarterback, take him down in a few, in more than a handful of opportunities this year. But moving on to my number seven, it's another guy that I'm projecting up. Didn't finish in the top 20, mainly because he didn't start. He only started in eight games last year. It's your number one overall pick, Mr. Mr. Miles Garrett in Cleveland. Mr. But when he was on the field, those eight games that that Miles Garrett played, the guy was an absolute monster, man. He was consistent. He he had a bad game. You expect it out of a defensive end. Other than that, he's getting a couple tackles, getting some sacks. He already proved that the talents the talent is valid. Now you put him on a team that everyone I think I think the Browns are gonna be better. I think that projects him on the field more. He's going to be on the field more. Snap count, snap count, snap count. You put that talent on the field at a 70% clip, 75% clip, he's going to have a double-digit sack year. He's going to have 40-plus tackles. Mark him down. Miles Garrett, to me, it's easy to project. I think he has a chance of being a top-five guy. But I'm going to leave him at seven for myself. Hmm. Miles. My number seven. My name's Miles. My number seven. Is none other than Miles Garrett. Oh, it's Miles Garrett? It's Miles. I think he showed enough last season to warrant a projected second year leap. And with defensive ends, one thing one thing that is is okay 
is to go with age if it is proven. If you don't, say you get to that defensive end seven spot, six have went off the board. You have the choice of taking the seventh defensive end in the draft. After the guys we've already named mostly, I wouldn't bank on age. I'd bank on youth. I think tier two stopped with our number sixes. I think so. Mine was Cam Jordan. You could bank on Cam Jordan being a top six defensive end. Yeah, you can bank on Calais Campbell, who's also a little aged, on being a top six. Chandler Jones, the argument's there. Yeah. Uh, After that, it's time to go youth. It's time to grab a high upside guy like Miles Garrett and just hope for the best. And I I think that's what we do. I think we take Miles Garrett. You could arguably put him at six. I don't know if I'd put him in the top five. That's getting a little risky. You want to win your league. You don't want to win it three years from now. So Miles Garrett, to me, perfect slot for him at seven. Is that in the Bark Bank? You want to win your league now, not in three years. It's the way I play Dynasty. I don't draft a whole team of 23-year-olds because guess what? Half of them are going to pan out, half of them aren't, and by year three, you're rebuilding anyways. Go with some veterans. Win your freaking league now. But Miles Garrett's that first, to, to me, obviously to you, he's that first upside guy that we think is a lock. Him and Daniil Hunter to me, yeah. Yeah, Daniil Hunter's still young. Yeah, 23. You, yeah, you got these high upside guys. The sample size, a lot of people might argue the eight game, nine game, however you want to play it with the injuries and all that of Miles Garrett. Uh, not a strong sample size. Man, that's half a season. All he did when he was in there was Ooh, get to the court. strong sample. It's a strong sample size. That's what we want to look when we're investigating who to project in 2018. And I, I love me some Miles Garrett. But moving on to number eight, a guy who changed. Who, who he changed? He changed some scenery, but the guy's been a monster since he came into the league. He was another guy with high upside when he came in. Has done nothing but prove it. Prove that talent beats tackles. I know who this is, and he's my outside looking in number eleven. I I hope it is. He's also only has like three or four fingers on a hand. Oh yeah, him and the drummer from Def Leppard, really good buddies now. It's JPP baby. That's, it's that's, Jason Pierre Paul. That's my eleven. I honestly. Full disclosure, if you're listening right now, I've steered away from him each and every year because I've been like, man, rookie year, I don't know if he had the experience in college to, to, to make the production happen in the NFL. And maybe that was a fluke in year one. Maybe, you know what, it's time to bank on Jason Pierre-Paul. I have no problem with it. Going down, going down to Tampa Bay, again, they're, talking about the offense, if you're real good offense and behind, you're going to have a whole lot of pass rush opportunities. If you're a bad offense, the defense is going to be on the field a ton. I think another middle-of-the-road middle of the road offense in Tampa Bay, which means Jason Pierre's ball is going to get his chances, and he's done nothing but prove it for eight years. I mean, he's a 40-tackle guy, 7-8 sack guy, year in, year out, can get to double digits occasionally, had the spike his second year, 67 tackles, 17, 17 sacks. I mean, don't bank on that by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a top 10. He's a top 10 defensive end. I like Jason Pierre-Paul with the change of scenery and all to do, be number eight on your charts. I'm giving a little love for the first time in my life to JPP. Oh. 
So sweet. I know. I'm I, a nice guy. I'm dipping back to the niddle pool. I'm going with uh, our boy Chandler Jones at number eight. I'm glad he made your top ten. I hate to even put him at eight. There's just guys I like more. I, I worry about Arizona's defense this year. I don't think it's going to be a very good defense. I think that Chandler Jones is consistent. I mean, look at last season. He gave you one or two sacks all but four games of the season. That is consistency to a T. I just have a hard time believing he's going to do it again, and that has nothing to do uh, with a testament to his talent as it is a testament to all the changes on the Cardinals, coaching, personnel, players. But, my God, the guy's talented enough to still warrant a not a top eight selection for me in startup drafts. So Chandler Jones wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as high as four. I'm going to be reserved, put him at eight, Take some guys I like a little more on better defenses. True defense. Sorry, Chandler. Too. True defense. Yeah, exactly. S- sorry, Chandler. Moving on to nine. Here's where it gets kind of like, hey, do you want to go? You got to make a decision. If if you're a high ID, if you love IDP more than you love the offense, if you like having a strong defense, and you've already drafted one of these top eight guys, you got your your rock on your defensive line. Here's where you go. I'm going to have the most dominant defensive line in my IDP league. These are the guys that started. Number nine for me is Trey Flowers, a guy I've loved since he came into the league two years ago. Had a little, had a nice rookie year. Year two, last year, he starts getting that snap count up. Starts being, able, being on the field a little bit more. Chips in 40-plus tackles. Still a middle-of-the-road sack guy in Trey Flowers. But the talent's there, man. The talent's there. Another, hey, it's New England. They're a high-flying offense. They should be blowing out the Miami Dolphins. He was a top-10 guy last year. So, I mean, it's nothing to sneeze at with Trey Flowers. He he was a top-10 guy. I'm just going to leave him right around where he finished last year. Number nine, if you get a Trey Flowers and a Khalil Mack in your 10-team IDP league and your 12-team IDP league, you're winning the defensive line every week. And, and to me, Trey Flowers, even if he's your number one, you're going to get production out of him. But I, I love, again, dynasty formats, 24 years old, he's going to get better. He's going to hit his, his prime of his career this year, next year, into his late 20s. You can bank on him getting to that 40-tackle mark. Again, middle-of-the-road sack guy, but he's productive when he's on the field. And, and that's all I need. I need you to be productive when you're on the field. I'm not going to say much about my nine because we've ha- you've talked about him, but Demarcus Lawrence is my number nine. I would like to put him higher. I traded a high-value draft pick. Yes, you did. To get Demarcus Lawrence to go at a title run. I ended up finishing second. To me, that was okay. I won some money. It was money. warranted. It was warranted, yeah. It, and it did help get me to that second-place finish. I love Demarcus Lawrence. If he wasn't kind of a knucklehead and going through contract negotiation issues – I would have probably had him higher, but I'm kind of glad I didn't have to because there's guys I like just as much that don't have knuckleheaditis and <laughs> don't have to worry about contract situations. But I do like him. I don't like Dallas as much this year as I have the past couple of years, but I do like Demarcus Lawrence. I do think he's a lock for a top 10 finish if he plays game one and beyond. If he's there. Oh, thank you. You are the perfect segue, Bark. A, I have two things for everything you said there. Okay. A, this dude, the Bark Bank, 
Barker. Jeremy Barker just validated how much he loves IDP. I can validate it, man. He he traded a first round pick, a future first for a Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah, I did to make a title run. I, I again, I think it was warranted. You wanted to take your defense to a superior level because your offense was great. It, 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 that's what it takes. You got to give something to get something. Let me tell you something. Go ahead, brother. You play to win the game. You play to win. Y'all never die on that. You play to win a game. The second thing I want to say about that lead-in to my 10, you start talking about contract negotiations. Man, defensive linemen are undervalued in the NFL Aaron these Donald's. days. Everybody that- in L.A. has gotten money. Except for Aaron Donald. And that's my number 10, Why baby. haven't they paid this man? Tell us why this man needs paid. Dude, because he's the most he's the most disruptive defensive lineman in the NFL. He's a menace. That doesn't translate always. Now, that doesn't translate always to IDP production. But in Aaron Donald's case, the dude is not only disruptive for his linebackers and disruptive for the the exterior rushers, whatever, if it's a defensive end, if he's lined up inside. But he is disru- He also, when he gets a break in the defense, he will chase a running back down from the backside. He will clip the quarterback with just enough to get the ball to Legs it. like a cheetah. He will drag him down. The guy is relentless. I, To be honest, I can't believe I have Khalil Mack at number two, a, a recent defensive player of the year, and Aaron Donald, another recent defensive player of the year at number 10 but the guy that there there's the truth behind it that he's not always idp productive no he, he's more disruptive he is more disruptive he, than he is statistically productive but he does make plays when they're in front absolutely. of absolutely and, no, and dominican sue is disruptive as all get out but do I want him on my fantasy team on my D line? No, maybe not. No, maybe as a bye week guy. Maybe Aaron Donald is slightly above that. I have to put him in my top ten. I respect the game that he brings and why they haven't paid him. He makes he makes five people around him better. The other defensive, the, the linebacking core, the other defensive linemen. He makes them better. He makes the secondary better by the disruption he brings up front. But when you look at when you really look at his stats, eight sacks, 11 sacks, eight sacks, 11 sacks. I mean, the guy is going to get eight plus sacks. He's going to get to 30 plus tackles. To me, the perfect pairing to one of these top guys to have a defensive, uh, an elite IDP line. If you're going to get him as your defensive lineman, one, you better be drafting in a very next round or, or getting someone similar to him to pair just to have a, a nice average defensive line, but he's the perfect pairing to a Bosa, a Khalil Mack, a Chandler Jones, Calais Campbell, whoever you want is your top, your top tier elite defensive line. He's the perfect pairing. He's going to be disruptive. He should get you at the minimum a couple of sacks and an assist each week. And they have closed the gap on contract negotiations, so very possible Aaron Donald is still a lock for Week One, Game One. My number ten. A little offbeat again, but I have liked this guy from the second he came into the league, and it's just taken a little bit of seasoning. A little seasoning. A little seasoning. You got to make that Get that recipe out. Get that recipe out. 
sprinkle a little bit of those pleasant little spices on this guy. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe sprinkle about three to four grams on Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham is my number 10. This guy is as delicious as a cinnamon graham cracker. That sounded weird as hell, but it's okay. <laughs> I like Brandon Graham. I, Brandon Graham has hit the magical 30 mark to me for defensive ends that are already productive. I liken age 30 to an already productive defensive end to a year three wide receiver type breakout. I like Brandon Graham. That's a great team, great defense, great offense. They've got other defensive ends up and coming. One of your Vol boys is probably going to be uh, making some noise probably this year. Probably the opposite side. Absolutely, and Brandon Graham is going to feast. I just have a feeling he's a lock for double-digit sacks. Uh, I like everything around him, and i just been a fan of the guy. I'm not a Michigan lover, but when I watch Ohio State-Michigan games, he stood out on tape. He still stands out on tape. He's more disruptive than statistically productive, but this year, I think it all comes together, and the stats flow like the great river down on the Nile. Whoa, deep, getting deep. Oh, dial to the mountain. Shut up, I'm getting deep right Arms, now. We'll Arms, we'll talk about Yannick Nagaku. That's Yannick exactly Nagaku. what he wants to do. He wants to talk about Yannick, 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 Yannick. To defend your Brandon Grant, number thirteen in a lot of formats last year. Absolutely. To project him into the top ten is not a stretch whatsoever. Year thirty. Now he's never had the double digit sacks. But he's been right around it. You know, seven-plus sacks and some kick-in 35-plus tackles, you're you're banging around the door of the top ten. Doing it on the door. Doing a little round-off. You want a little round-off? I'm going to give you three. Give me three. I'll give you three back. Give me three. I'll, I'll give them to you. Not guys like Brandon Graham that you've you've named. No uh, particular order. This is just three on the outside looking in. Just just looking around at him, dude. Is Ezekiel Ansa, Ziggy Ansa? No, he's a force to be reckoned with in Detroit. He's he's been good. He's just been good since he came into the league. Detroit's going to be a good offense. He should have his sack opportunities. Carlos Dunlap, aging a little bit, but consistent. Guy's just been absolutely consistent. And can I say it? Yannick Nagaku. <laughs> Yannick, Yannick, Yannick. I'll, I'll give Arms some love here. Yannick Nagaku, he's the first guy, if you notice, that I put, that I'm, that I'm talking about that's a teammate of my top ten. His talent's there. He, my... re- he really is. He's 23. His talent's there. He's going to be playing opposite Calais or right beside Calais a lot. That means he's going to be a, have a not a free rush, but a one-on-one opportunity a lot of the year down in Saxonville. Saxonville. Let me give you my three and I like to dig deep. I like to look at how guys ended the season. I like to look for positional changes. First, I'm going to give you a positional change. Guy on the outside looking in. Could surprise. Marcus Golden in Arizona. Yes. Opposite Chandler Jones. He's been playing linebacker. Has been a sack linebacker the past couple years. Is coming off an injury. But the guy's got talent. Simon Cow even said, you, you have talent. Yes, he has talent. You have talent. You have talent. He's got talent. This guy's going to probably wreak some havoc opposite Chandler Jones, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him sneak into the top ten. Two, Chris Jones. Chris Jones! Chris Jones. Kansas City Chiefs. This guy is the Sammy Watkins of defensive end. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come on now. <laughs> Chris Jones ended the season hot, finished with three sacks in his last four games. He's young, 24, out of Mississippi State, a former second-round draft pick, and there's some guys that have retired. Tamba Holly is gone. Derek Johnson is gone. I know I'm talking about linebackers, but there's defensive key leader guys that are gone. 
Chris Jones has a chance to step up, be a leader, and uh, show that he can be the man on that team. Number three, outside looking in, Frank Clark, Seattle defensive end. Glad you went to Seattle on this. Seattle should be on defense quite a bit. I don't like the offense, and I think Frank Clark is a breakout player in the making. The only thing holding him back for me is he ha- his motor has been questioned a little bit in the past, but I love Frank Clark, and I think he's a great flyer. These are guys you want as your third defensive end on your team. High upside, high possibilities. Play them into a, they'll play themselves into a starting yeah. role throughout the season. But cheap prices. Yeah. You can get them on the cheap. Now, the one guy I know we wanted to talk about, it, it crossed our minds in the top ten maybe, Bradley Chubb. Bradley. Where are, they gonna, where are they going to play him? That's my biggest question. Where is Bradley Chubb going to play? I just want to talk about him for a moment. A lot of leagues have him linebacker. We know he's a defensive end. It depends on where he's playing. If you're in an ESPN league where it's splitting. A what league? I won't, okay, I won't, go, I won't digress and backtrack. If, if you're in a league where he is listed defensive end linebacker, keep your eye on him, man. He's going to be opposite of Von Miller a ton of the time. Should have a great opportunity in Denver. Just wanted to mention a rookie. We not, we named some number two, year two guys. Wanted to mention a rookie. The talent's there. Hopefully, hopefully, hey, I love my, I love IDP. I love to see some defensive end, uh, defensive lineman uh, opportunities to pick those guys up. I hope they project him as a defensive lineman in a lot of league formats. But just wanted to mention a little Bradley Chubb love. Chubb love. Chubb love. I like Bradley. If he gets to play, if he gets the defensive end designation by year two, we could easily be talking about him in our top ten then. But listen. The word of the day is designation. designation. I, that's the word I've been searching for for the entire episode. Thank <laughs> you for throwing it out there. At the end of the show, Barker. Designation. Take yeah, it to the Bark Bank. Yeah, take it. You take it to him. Defensive end designation. Stay on Bradley Chubb. Keep a watchful eye on the guy. So listen, we're about done with this episode, but me and Nit made an executive decision without our co-host and partner in man love, Aaron Arms. <laughs> we made a decision Chub love. to give you more tonight man or love. this morning or today or whenever the hell you listen to this episode, we decided to give you more. Top three kickers, me and Nit, bringing them to you, the most exciting part of the off season we are giving you kicker. Get your notebook, baby. (laughs) Grab grab your post-it notes. It's kicker time. All right, Nate, you want to lead us off with this? The great kicker rankings of 2018. Dude, why would I not want to kick this off? I don't know. I'm pumped. Kick it off. Dude, how can you go with not Greg the Leg, Big Z, Meg, what is it? Legatron? Legatron. Dude, the guy's got more nicknames than Hall of Fame wide receivers. It's Nick, knack, patty, whack, give a Legatron. Boom, baby. It's Greg Zerline over in L.A., man. You put him on that offense. Are you kidding me? That offense is going to score 40 a game. You say 42 points. I say that's six points for my kicker. Six points without a field goal. That's my kicker. Dude, he, you, you, give me, you give me five touchdowns a game, five points, you give me a field goal, that's eight points, man. I can't do the math any better in my head. That's going to be eight. He's going to be a double-digit kicker all year long. Like you're trying to lock him up. You better know your kickers if you're going to take my top three into account. 
with a grain of rice. Because number one is Young Ho Koo. Skid it. Skid it, skid it. Young Ho Koo. Young Ho Koo, baby. He's a free agent. But if he latches on. If he is. (laughs) He's going to be the best kicker the NFL has ever seen. You're going to be saying, instead of going for Koo, let's kick it for three. Yeah, dude. The thing about him is, the sad thing about him, most Dynasty formats only award 50-yard field goals. The guy's been dropping them from 70 to 80 yards in preseason. Now it's preseason by himself. It's on Twitter and Instagram. On his high school field. But he's dropped with no line. Like no, dimes. He's just, he's booting. Guy's got a golden boot. Young, what is it? Young Hoku? Young Hoku. That's what I meant. Yeah. All right. You Obviously, me? we're having fun with this. Nick, give us your second kicker. I'm not having fun with this. I'm You're dead it serious. Okay, okay. Because number two is... I'm serious, too, about Young Hoku. It's Justin Tucker. Tuck. Oh, okay. Tuck, 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 He's tuck, tuck, tuck. Dude, Justin Tucker. Good. Hey, if I'm going to take it serious, give me that Baltimore offense. Drive it into the 30 and and settle down, strap down, gear down all day long. He should kick in about three four field goals a game. Good enough for double digits. All right, I can't take this serious anymore. Number, my number two, I just came up with his nickname on the fly. He's a rookie for the Miami Dolphins. Get it. They call him Jason the Handheld Sanders. <laughs> what? This guy, like a handheld sander. Like, you know, you, oh, hold okay. it, you hold it and you sand the paint off. Like a Black & Decker rabbit? Yeah. I every, think they call it the rabbit. Yeah, every time they're in field goal range, it's fourth down, you hear this on the, on the speakers in Miami. Oh. Jason the handheld Sanders. Good at knocking My down. number two kicker. I don't really give a damn to tell you why. Who's number three? Jesus. I mean, if you want to go number three, just any other kicker not named Greg Zerline or Justin Tucker, you take them number three. If you're drafting this guy in a dynasty startup, you got to rethink. You got to rethink and reevaluate your life because you could pick up an, equi- an equal kicker in free agency. I'm sorry, man. I had to. I had to kill it. <laughs> it's it's kickers. It's kicker. Who's your number three? Do you have a number three? I do. Okay, Lacen. Is it Lambo? Mine up? No, it's not. I, I wish it was. Outside looking in. <laughs> I, I look at kickers and I think, who's got the coolest name out of all the kickers? And I'm actually going to give you one that's going to score some points. All right. It's. My boy, uh, Giorgio Tavecchio. Giorgio Tavecchio. Yeah, you you disrespect my family, Giorgio Tavecchio. <laughs> you you miss a field goal. I we we do we, not appreciate uh, the lack of disrespect from you, Giorgio Tavecchio. We must kill you if you do not hit five field goals <laughs> on the first Oakland Raiders game this season, Giorgio Tavecchio. Just a great name. To which he responds. Um, I I think I can do that. I'll I'll, I'll kick you three. I'm gonna drop three all day long. Mm-hmm. Hey. Little known fact: Giorgio Tavecchio, straight out of Kentucky. His parents just wanted to name him Giorgio Tavecchio. Possibly the last state in college that I thought he'd be from. Yeah, it's an absolute lie. But oh, you know, okay, you had me fooled. The hook line seeker Tavecchio, dude. Kickers are they a value? Let's have the discussion. Are they valuable in fantasy? Does it matter? I kind of hate when you win. <laughs> off a kicker performance it's it's just the most unpredictable you know i mean yeah okay you got legatron good for you it might get you an extra win but if you can't go 16 teams deep at a fantasy league with 
reputable kicker selections. Everybody waits till last year. I don't even draft a kicker. I pick him up off the wire after watching, you know, guys that I drafted on offense or, or defense. So the the most nauseating thing in fantasy football might be having an eight point league with your entire team played going into a Monday night football game, and they have a kicker. A kicker. It's the it's the. The, it's the most nerve-wracking garbage. But then you have to look back and see what your kicker scored. Well, mine did have 12 points, so it's only fair that he gets his shot Yeah, with he his. gets a shot. But but you, I've watched Monday. I, I like Obviously, I like me some football, but I've watched Monday Night Football to see the kicker play before. You have to if you and, play in Dynasty Leagues with a kicker. It's, and it makes me sick to my stomach. It's disgusting. <laughs> I, it is disgusting. I agree. So there you have it, folks. Defensive ends, predicted top 10 finishes, and we gave you a bonus seven minutes of three great fun-filled kickers. Absolutely. I'm still shaking a little bit from IDP. From the, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's, I'm glad we finally got back to that. That's what we do. That's what the Back Row Fantasy Show does. We're going to bring you true IDP top 10 finishes. We're going we're gonna to give you some projections. Go out, win your league. Absolutely. And if you don't have a fleshlight waiting on your nightstand after hearing this episode, <laughs> something wrong with you, son. Something wrong with you, bro. Something wrong with you, son. <laughs> well, we gate arms. We is, I mentioned arms Yannick. Is one through ten is Yannick Ngaku, Calais Campbell, Dante Fowler, and the other seven guys that plays for Jacksonville, plus maybe a Raider or two. There you have it. There's Arms's. We're out. Barks out. See ya. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.